Welcome back, everybody, to Gossip in the podcast where we gossip while we sip. It's Amanda. I'm ready to host again. And today we have a very special episode of Gossip in because it's the first time we have a guest. Yep, we're adding someone else to our mix. We are talking about a topic that I feel like is resonating with younger generations and becoming more and more popular um, as time goes on. But before we get into all of that, ladies, what are we drinking tonight? It's your girl, Jossie Poo. I am sipping on a glass of Cabernet because um, I didn't have time to come up with a better name, as well as this was my happy hour go-to when I was in the office. Every Thursday caught me at 3 p.m., in Soho, drinking a glass of red wine. I'm also on the wine train with the ladies tonight. I feel like we're just going to sit down, have a sophisticated adult conversation. Us? Over Never. Wine. <laughs> Hopefully, fingers crossed. I am drinking the rat race because living in New York, you sometimes feel like you're living in a rat race. Woo. But right now, being in Florida, it's slowed down a lot for me. But just an homage to my old life. Hello. Sorry, I was gulping my <laughs> beverage which i am calling and i quit yeah it tastes quite refreshing after a long uh tuesday afternoon um i'm drinking something i'm calling the escape it has a little bit of tropical fruit in it a nice little mango twist and i just feel like it's gonna you know really set us up for this conversation that we're going to be talking about so i've been noticing like on instagram on hgtv like there's all these like tiny home mobile places to stay like people just packing up their shit and just like leaving town like I know a girl who packed up her three daughters sold her business her husband quit his job and just like bounce and I feel like that's so weird to me and I mean correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like this group bonded first and foremost over the fact that we all identify as young professionals we were all really excited to get out onto the workforce we met in a professional fraternity that was grooming us for college to nine to five in a big city like New York, like Boston, Orlando, Tampa, those are still considered bigger cities where people get their start. So I want to kind of hear your lady's opinion before I introduce our guests on like, how do you feel or how do you think you would deal with just like one day, Monday to Tuesday, quit your job, move on to, to the unknown? I see like your faces. I feel like people are scared. I'll, I'll go first. I, I I'll have go anxiety first. thinking. I'll about go first. Um, I'm not scared. I'm, I'm adventurous. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's travel. Let's meet people. If I was single shit. I'd be out there doing my thing. So yeah. I mean, I got to have a different, I guess, mindset of this just because I, right after I graduated is when, you know, the world fell apart. And so I really just kind of had to figure out, all right, there's no nine to fives available. People don't even know when the next time a nine to five is going to be available. So the world of social media and just like networking blew up and it's so cool the things that people can do now and how you can really kind of make your own job doing whatever you love. Like we've seen a lot of that on TikTok, all these fucking 18 year olds making so much more money than we are. I think for now I'm enjoying the nine to five because I want to experience it. I don't think I'll do it the rest of my life, but I think it's a good skill that everyone should have some experience with at some point in their career. I'm not going to lie. I have considered just going into my office and quitting and moving to Spain and teaching English to children in the villages. I literally thought about it, but I don't know. It also gives me anxiety just taking a huge leap of faith like that miss vanessa would be so cute 
Senorita Vanessa. Oh, right. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> she said, get it right. <laughs> um, the idea of not having stability gives me anxiety. However, I always am working on a side project. I am getting my real estate license in New York. So I do want to eventually like step away from the traditional, like sitting at a desk all day. But again, even real estate gives me a little sense of anxiety because I'm like, damn, I actually like don't have a check coming every week. Like I got to work for that check. So <laughs> those commission-based jobs are just like, I don't know how you do I'm that. Like, I'm like, welcome to sales. Welcome yeah. to sales. That's why I'm bug. a buyer. <laughs> yeah. Bug that's why that. I'm a buyer and not a seller because I totally feel you, Jocelyn. I feel like the, the idea of like, not knowing on the 15th on the last day of the month I will have money I have if I break my arm I have insurance like that the unknown it like freaks me out I feel like in theory I would love to say that I could be this person but like I know that that's not me and that will probably never be me it sounds like we kind of all with the exception of Jeanette who's going to sell the dog and maybe Max and head out I think we (laughs) all are like a little like scared or just like cautious of the process on how this works so I thought it'd be really fun to talk to a friend of ours a friend of the podcast we have Steve Yallo with us today he began his career just like all of us an account director at an Orlando-based influencer marketing company and um, he had a deep desire to do something more get something more out of life and in 2017 he up and quit his full-time job bought a one-way ticket to Thailand with the intention of just traveling full-time creating YouTube videos, sharing traveling tips, and just kind of living life for him and not for nine to five. So without further ado, welcome Steve Yallo. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for having me on your lovely podcast. So thank you for being here. here. Yeah, of course. So Steve, tell me, because I'm very interested. And I think when you did it, we were all kind of like, what? Because we all met because of the professional fraternity that I mentioned before. And I will say firsthand, Jocelyn, Jeanette, feel free to back me up on this because we were all in the same position. You were the guy that had it together. Like you had been working since you were 16. You had been DJing. You like knew what you were going to do. And did you or didn't you have a full-time job before you even graduated? Yes. So, I mean, before I even finished college, I already had a full-time job offer, which was really exciting because like you said, I was, I was putting those steps in place to try and set myself up for a career. That's why I got involved with this professional communication fraternity. I really was focused on trying to maximize my time in college to set myself up for what I thought I was supposed to be doing. And Mm -hmm. uh, there were a few key experiences in my life around this time that really influenced my decision to, like you said, just leave my job and go travel, uh, which I'm happy to get into. And like I said, what I thought was considered successful. And I I landed an internship, which ultimately led to a full-time job offer. And I worked there for about a year total. Um, But a few months into it is when I realized this is not what I want to be doing. And I made a decision one day at work. (laughs) I I, like you said, I was working for an influencer marketing company, and this involved pulling examples of social media creators when I was talking to clients. And one day I came across 
uh, a group of travel influencers because I needed to pull examples for a, a client in the travel industry. And that was the first time I came across people who make YouTube videos about travel and travel vlogs. That was the first introduction to travel vlogs. Right. And that day is when I made the decision of I'm going to do this. I remember just being at work and I just wasn't happy and I really wanted more. And I, I ultimately decided, I just made a mental decision. I'm going to do this. And I worked for about yourself. another eight months. Yeah. I gave myself yeah. enough time to set things up, but eventually I did. I left my job. I got a one-way ticket to Thailand and I started traveling and making videos and just trying to live what I thought was an exciting life. Okay. So I actually, I actually, um, Steve, um, I'm known for, again, being controversial on this podcast. It's Jeanette for everyone listening. And I'm going to be asking the questions that hopefully will have you, um, sweating. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Start. I'll start small. Um, in regards to, you know, just selling everything and going, you know, in this case to Thailand, how, how do you walk yourself through the financial process of this? Because I think this would be the first hurdle for anyone. Um, I'm very type A. So that would be my first thing. Like, can I afford this? How much money do I need to save? When I get there, what am I doing? Am I selling my booty hole to get some more money? Like what is going to happen for me to, Not you know, the booty hole. You couldn't go to the other one first. You had to go straight to the oh, butt. Man. You know, like, wow. well, the JJ is sacred. So, you know. But the booty hole is not. But not the JJ. <laughs> Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, but once you land, like, what's your strategy? That is a great question. Not many people ask me that question. Um, so to start out, I mean, there was a little planning involved, <laughs> but in terms of like financials, I, I set myself a goal, like a benchmark of a certain amount of money to hit in my savings account or my checking account before I left. Right. So I worked for another year, just saving everything I could. And when you, when you break it down, um, between what your expenses are now. My goal was to minimize my current expenses as much as possible. So when I leave, I don't have many expenses. Because if you think of what you pay for right now, maybe, maybe you pay rent in a place you live, right? And then you have probably a car to drive. So there's either a car bill or maybe you have your car paid off and you still have insurance or you, know, you have a cell phone bill. Like there's a lot of things that you're just paying for on a monthly basis. I cut out all of that. And when you price things out, we live in one of the most expensive places in the world. So when you yeah. go somewhere like Thailand, where things are much more affordable compared to America, the dollar stretches. And I also took it to an extreme. So for example, I tried to use many resources as possible, like booking accommodation, right? You, you have certain expenses that you need to occur when you travel, like actual the travel expense so flights or buses or whatever transportation. Um, and then also accommodation, and then food and then activities and fun things like that. But when it came down to accommodation, I was staying on such a low budget when I first started traveling. So my goal was to start traveling on a very low budget and figure out how to earn an income while traveling. So whether that be freelance online marketing work, which is what I started doing in the beginning, because I already had uh, some experience working for a big corporate marketing company. So I utilized that experience to get some freelance clients as I traveled. So I was still working with some small brands in the US who hired me to manage their influencer marketing, which is pretty cool. Um, but I also didn't want to do that. I wanted to focus on figuring out how to make money with a camera. 
because that's what I'd love to do. I love to make videos. I love to take photos. I never did it professionally, but I wanted to. And I figured the best way to do it was just by trying and really pushing myself out there and just doing it also in a very exciting way. So I could experience the world, learn about new cultures, just completely open my eyes to different, just different everything, different landscapes, different people, different foods, different languages. I was fascinated by that. And if I could somehow combine that with work, that was my goal. Was there ever a point where like you hadn't, you weren't doing the influencer marketing, you weren't really cashing in a check from the video. So you were kind of like, well, excuse me, sir, can I like mop floors <laughs> for mm -hmm. stay? You know what I mean? Like, was there any kind of barter system like with you and, and yes. getting through? Yes, absolutely. There's actually already certain websites and, uh, and programs in place for this exact type of thing, which I try to talk about a lot because a lot of people are just not aware of how easy it is that. to travel for free. So there's websites like Workaway or HelpX, and these are all websites where you can essentially find like volunteer work in exchange for accommodation, sometimes usually food, and all your expenses are taken care of. So if you minimize your expenses, you don't have anything to pay for. You don't necessarily need to get paid because it's an interesting life experience. To me, not all activities need to be reimbursed with something financial. I don't need to be reimbursed with money as long as I can be re reimbursed with an interesting experience that will ultimately probably help me grow and be a better person. It's very similar. The, the only thing I could think of and, you know, me being me, um, I volunteered at uh, raves and festivals before. And, you know, honestly, if I'm being real with y'all, you get the free VIP passes. And then on top of experience. that, right. And you meet people and I was bartending. So I got the money and it was just great. Wait, I want to go yeah, back to the point that you made about like the roots of like how everything started because I feel like that's really important because I remember I think I was in college when you were doing the um the Red Bull challenge absolutely so this challenge I heard about was hosted by Red Bull and if you know anything Red Bull does it's always extreme and this is no different but this was focused on college students or university students from all around the world and it was called can you make it the purpose of the challenge was to send teams of students to travel for one week with no money, only using cans of Red Bull as currency to barter and trade and help get you from point A to point B and also help complete these crazy challenges that they had in place. So I heard about this. Well, actually, Zach, yes, another, one of another friend of the podcast, brothers. Uh, the yeah. brethren. Yes. So. Zach brought this up to Misha and me, and we had to make a one minute video because that was the application. And this process, I usually skip over and just tell everyone about the challenge, but the actual challenge for us was just getting accepted into this competition because the whole process was a public vote. So we needed to make a video and it went on the Red Bull's website. We needed to get people to vote for it just to be considered to be selected into the next round. It was insane. And through the help of just asking and the power of really we were just so passionate about wanting to do this I, I've never really wanted anything more in my life like when I think about it like that up until that moment I, I, I wanted this so bad that I would do anything to make it happen and it worked and we so we got ourselves a spot to compete in this competition and they flew up 
to Florence, Italy, and we had seven days to make it to Paris with no money. And it was insane. We ended up traveling through six countries in seven days, just constantly meeting strangers. And it was- Did I make this up or did someone recognize your- like our letters, like not like uh, like our UCF letters. We were in Venice. This is like a, the second day of the challenge. And uh, a group of young people are about our age came up to us because I was wearing a shirt that said UCF. And this girl comes up to me like very lively. It turns out they were actually all theater majors at UCF who now oh work on a cruise God. ship as entertainers. And oh, that's cool. Ship, yeah, they were all- Love uh, the they theater were docked and the in cruise port. people. Right. So, of course, they were like super excited, like, oh, my God, UCF. And they ended up helping us out without us even asking. They they bought us some food and then they also paid for a hostel for us to stay in, which was oh, super nice. nice. Oh, my God. That's Shout nice. out to them. If they wow. ever listen to Gossipin, thank you for your contributions. <laughs> we love the night community. So, Steve, the biggest thing I think for people would be financials. You've, you haven't had money this whole time while you're traveling through Europe. So you're like, this is no problem for me. But why, like from your personal experience and what you've seen, the people you've met, what is that, you know, tie? Like what makes that tie to financials so important for people that it holds them back from doing stuff like this, you know? That's a great question because I think just growing up where we did, we're just, it's just ingrained in our society to make as much money as possible. And that's the goal. That's how people view success. I think we, we have this fear a lot, right? We're, we're constantly fearing the future. Like what, what's possibly going to go wrong? Like the fear is constantly in the future. You're always fearing for the future. And I kind of got fed up with that. And I was in that, I was in that cycle of, I got to get a job so I can make some money so I can start a life and have a family and get a house and buy, buy all these things. And then I realized, wait a sec, at the time I was, I was 22 when I got this job, I was young. And I realized I'm living my life in the future, in like an anxiety of the future. So maybe Jocelyn, you need a trip. Because yeah, like, I'm like, no, every time he opens his mouth, I'm like, anxiety is getting to me. It makes me feel like I need to go like jump out of a plane or something now just to like feel something or just to do something. Feel something. If you're traveling, walk me through the dynamics of dating as a traveler. I knew it. How does oh, that go? Listen, I love how, it. How, how, did, how does that go? So that is a good, a good question. And again, not many people ask that. I've only been on a few podcasts, but I've never been asked a question like that. So going off of that, it really depends because it depends on where you go, right? And how you're traveling. Because sometimes if you, yeah, if you're staying in something, maybe like a hostel where there's other young travelers around, people have fun for sure. <laughs> but then also at the same time, I would stay in places like an Airbnb where I was alone in a foreign country, in a foreign city where it gets extremely lonely. Like I actually suffered from a little bit of depression when I was traveling a little bit because of, I got lonely and that also triggered like the desire for uh, a companion, companion, which then I ended up finding. So I ended up traveling with a girl for a I did spy a little female mm-hmm. on a couple of your videos, but you know, I didn't want to blow up. Oh, your well, spot. that's fun. So that's an <laughs> example of maybe how, you know, you found a partner. It worked for both of you at that time. Right. But at the same time, traveling is like a relationship on steroids. Most people don't realize that. Like there's a lot of couples who travel full time together and that's a lot of time. Because so okay, when you're out, when you're out, you know, let's say you're, I don't know, in Thailand, um, and you would go to the Thailandese club. Um, 
how would you approach, you know, like, let's say, you know, it was one of these times you're in the Airbnb by yourself. You haven't, you know, had much close contact with someone in a while. And you're like, let me shoot my shot, shoot or shoot, you know, <laughs> how would you approach that situation? And were they receptive? You know, was there a country that you're like, oh, bitches were always down? Or was there a place where you're like, eh? Yeah, it really depends on where you go and like what the environment is. If, you know, smile is a universal language. So you can talk to a lot of people with smiles, but it, it, the, I'll admit there was many, there was many situations where I was either trying to talk to a girl and I didn't speak the language and it was very difficult. Uh, there's a lot of situations where things you know just going up to someone or trying to make conversation with someone who doesn't speak the same language as you what do you do and also <laughs> cultures are very different so in asia it's a lot different than somewhere like south america where i went to colombia which the culture is oh. much different there in asia you're not really expected to speak the local language as a foreigner because you could easily be identified i don't look asian so i yeah. they know <laughs> i'm not from there and it's also interesting because like the countries I went to, Thailand, Vietnam, the Philippines, Indonesia, India, these are, they all have their own languages. And even within the country, there's usually different, like multiple different dialects, depending on what region you come from. Mm -hmm. So someone from Vietnam usually doesn't speak to someone in Thailand without speaking English. Usually they, they, they speak English as like the universal language. It's kind of like the business language if you were to talk to someone. But in South America, that's not necessarily the case because most countries in South America speak Spanish, although they might have different dialects and accents. There's one universal language. So it's a little bit more expected for you to speak Spanish in somewhere like Colombia than it is expected for you to speak Vietnamese when you go to Vietnam. Touching on what you were just talking about, when you go to all these countries, I feel like there's a obviously a misconception for anyone that's never traveled of like, oh, they're all in the same uh, region of Asia, like they're all probably going to be pretty similar, or you found that every country was different and kind of had their own, you know, way of life. How, what, what was that like? It's fascinating. And it's just eye opening to see, especially how historic a lot of their culture is coming from America, especially in Florida, we have St. Augustine, where we like, that's the oldest city in America. And you go to this building, that's like, I don't know, like a couple hundred it was how how old is that building? I don't know, like a hundred years old. Literally, maybe at most two hundred. Yeah, like the I was going to places that these ancient temples were built thousands of years ago, and I was climbing on them in in cities like Bagan in Myanmar, and it was fascinating and just learning about the cultures when you're there is so much different than trying to be fed this through a history book in a class that you don't want to be in right yeah. so i didn't really appreciate geography or history in class in high school or college until i really started traveling i have a question you know how people always look at instagrams and they're just like oh look at him living his life he's having so much fun what has been some of your biggest travel nightmares like what has like have you experienced anything where you're like you missed a plane or you missed one of your boats or buses and you had to sleep you didn't know where to sleep or what have there been any challenges along the way yeah for sure for sure even just like getting sick in some places or just God. getting lost or you know I also do a lot of things alone so just the the uncertainty of so many things. There's been so many situations where I've been nervous and scared. And well, I actually was just telling someone this story today, how I was sitting on a bus. It was an eight hour bus ride. And about uh, 
six hours into it, there's this guy sitting next to me and I was like dozing off. And you know, when you're kind of about to fall asleep and your eyes are closed and you're like almost dreaming. And I felt water splashing on my foot and I thought it was just dreaming. And then I felt more, it was like kind of my leg. And I opened my eyes and it wasn't water. This guy was projectile vomiting on the seat right in front of me. And oh, I was like, oh, right next my to God. me. Like puke getting wild. all over me, all over my feet. I had my bag oh, in between my, my legs, God. like with my gear, and I was just, there's oh, puke on it. God. And I was like, oh my God. Yes. And I had to sit on this bus for another two hours. You just, couldn't move seats? Damn. The bus was full? Yeah, yeah probably. Just, yep. I heard that people who travel the world are more open-minded and more likely to experience um, other cultures, other people. Do you, you feel like maybe you're the woke one? <laughs> Do you feel Not like, woke. and, and I don't know, you know, I don't more mean to make this, minded, I yeah, I don't, I don't mean to make this political, but do you feel that maybe around the elder right-winged family oh, or, no. and or neighbors, um, do you feel like, Hey, you know what, maybe it would suit them to travel because I have become open-minded and I have become welcoming to others. Absolutely. I think not only just extreme right-wingers, but extreme any side. I think if you were to experience life somewhere else, maybe it would open your mind. And I live by this policy that I believe if more people traveled, the world would be a happier place, just straight up. I agree. I love because that. I also just have a, a much deeper appreciation for so many things when, when I when I come home, when I come to America, when I see my family, um, that we just constantly take things for granted, like warm water and electricity that we just have. Countless times I've just met people who live in what we would classify as extreme poverty, and they are just content. And they so can happy. smile and be be happy. And coming back home and like seeing how people get so aggravated and so upset and like so passionate about like hating things and so just negative. And if you just take a second to just take a step back and realize how much you have to be grateful for, I know it's kind of, I don't mean to be corny and say this, but it's so true for, I can continue going on forever about that, but. No, that's very humbling. Thank you. I mean, I, I, I feel like I needed to hear that today, but I don't know about everybody else, but I, I took like a nice answer. deep breath after when I take a deep breath. So, this turned into a meditation. I know when I had the opportunity to live like abroad for a couple months, like two months, when I came back, I felt like it was kind of like weird adjusting kind of, um, almost like a reverse culture shock. So I wanted to know, like, did you have that same experience? Definitely. Even, for example, you said you were in Asia. I'm sure yeah. you're familiar with what I like to call bum guns, but yeah. just like bidet hoses, right? Hoses to spray your butt after you poop. I don't mean to yeah, be graphic no toilets, here, you're just why don't we have those here? A, yeah. In a Honestly, you can buy them on Amazon. Yeah, yeah but like, it's not a normal thing here. Like, no. you no, go to right. a public restroom we're in nasty. Asia. We're nasty. Seriously. But little things like that, like, yeah, there's so many things coming back home. It's like reverse culture. Did you shock, like go right? to reach for it and you were like, oh shit, it's not. You're me. like, where's, where's. The <laughs> it also just kind of gives me a way to look at things in a new perspective. And almost like if I can have that mindset, I remember what it's like to go places for the first time and look out the window as you're leaving the airport and like, oh my goodness, look at all this stuff. Like sometimes if you could do that here and like pretend like you just came from a foreign country and think like, oh my goodness, look at all these things. Look at this store. Look at that. Wow. You could just drive in a, in a, in a building and just get fast food in your car. What the hell? That's so cool. And like all these little things, like there's so much that goes on here. That's just so normal to us. I still get amazed by the drive-thru. So I respect that. <laughs> 
Um, so now that Jocelyn, you touched on it a little bit and one question and we'll transition to like life now for you back in the States, COVID, all that stuff. But when you picked Asia, Thailand, like, did you have a plan? Like, it sounds like you went like super far East and then kind of made your way back West. And, you know, like, did you plot that for yourself or did you just kind of like go? I had no plan. I, I actually only booked one night of accommodation. So when I arrived in Thailand, we had one or maybe two nights booked uh, and that's it. And we just figured, let's figure it out. But it's different in a lot of these places, especially in like a backpacker style of traveling, low budget backpacker style. It's not required for you to book things in advance. You could just show up places and there'll be a place for you to sleep. Um, so it's different. It's not like you're going on a vacation where you need to plan everything. I was going away for an indefinite amount of time. The first time I left, I ended up traveling through Asia for eight months. And then I went back to celebrate uh, the holidays with my family because my family celebrates Christmas. So every Christmas I went home. Real quick, so you would just quick. walk around and like wake up and be like, oh, I'm just going to go to Vietnam today. You want to go to Vietnam today? And then just hop in <laughs> well, the car. I, mean, I would plan a little ahead. So I mean, you plan as you're going. So right. I went to Thailand with the intention of I'll probably stay here for a month. I stayed in Thailand for two months and just I was open to spontaneous adventures. So when I went there, I actually connected with this DJ who I started filming for. I filmed a few of his sets in Bangkok I and I made some videos. And then he ended up having an opportunity to go on tour in, in India. So then like a month after I was already traveling, he hit me up and said, hey, I have this tour in India. I want it filmed. Come with me. I'll pay for everything. Oh, cool. Okay, so I just went to India for a couple of weeks with him, and then now I'm in That's India. So, bad so then ass. after after I was done with him for two weeks, I just traveled on my own for two weeks in India, and then I went to go meet because I was originally planning on going to Vietnam. So I, Misha, we split up. He went to the, the neighboring country uh, to the east of Thailand, which is called Laos, and then we met in Vietnam. So it was just like constant okay let's figure out what's next and like being open this. to spontaneous opportunities and it, it was like waves too i traveled in different waves so then i traveled through vietnam uh, with misha and then eventually misha went home after four months of traveling and i stayed but i was doing a lot of constant movements so i wanted to stay put for a little bit so that's where i used this website called uh i think it was work away uh where i connected with this hostel who was looking to uh have people work at the hostel in exchange for free accommodation and free food. So I did that at a hostel for six weeks in Vietnam on an island on the beach, which is sick. So and nice. that was a really cool opportunity because I was able to stay in a hostel for six weeks. So it was like constant travelers from all around the world coming in and checking out every day. It was, it was amazing. And just those kind of experiences, which I, I probably won't do that again, right? I'm, I'm already at a different level now to where I'm more focused on a little bit more of work. Like this is also at the beginning of my travels. I don't, I don't really travel like that anymore, but I did in the beginning and it's, it's evolved. My travel style has changed as time went on because I started focusing a little bit more on figuring out a business strategy with this and it developed, but most of the stories I'm excited about are like in the beginning when I worked at a hostel or then after that, I actually connected with this lady who owned two villas in Bali. So then I flew to Bali and I lived in one of her villas for a month for free. And I just, wow. all I had to do was make her like three videos for the whole month of these, of these villas. So she can put these videos and photos on her listing sites to get more guests. So it was like that's things awesome. like that. It was, it was that, yeah, constant, that's, like, that's yeah. sick. Okay. Why Thailand? Um, it was different. It was far away. It was exotic and it was not expensive. Sounds Great like answer. 
do you consider yourself an influencer? Um, yeah, yeah. I would consider myself like when I pitch brands, I am a creator. That's what I like to say, right? Influencer sometimes has like a negative connotation with it just because of how the industry has been going and like how these cringy videos of cringy influencers doing stupid things and just like, are we in the same category? I don't want to be. (laughs) I was also doing freelance work as well. So it wasn't just social media content for my own pages. It was also figuring out what brands to connect with. I was starting to connect with brands all around the world who were paying me for marketing material, whether it be videos or photos. And and it was interesting because now I was able to connect the two. So I was connecting the level of like influence, right? So I can create content, post this on on my own page, but I also have the experience to create professional content for your brand to own. So I was pitching this and I also have a background in this space of influencer right. marketing. So I was using exactly. that myself and connect with brands. And I had a lot of strategy and like business mindset going into this and it just grew and kept, I kept just making more and more connections. And I, I had a few brands like Hostel World. If, you, if you've ever traveled and, and backpacked, Hostel World is the website where you used to book your hostel. But I had multiple marketing campaigns with Hostel World and every like every six months they would hit me up and it was, it was getting to the point where my last campaign was in 20, the summer of 2019. I, they flew me to Europe for two big events and I hosted this event, one in Barcelona and then one in, uh, in Lisbon, Portugal. And it was like, it was sick. They paid for all of my travel and paid me. I'm like, this is, this is the goal. Like this is, I'm doing it. It's cool. That's so cool. And then, you know, obviously COVID came around and slowed everything down, but it's okay because I was able to kind of pivot and refocus. Speaking of that, and thank you for touching on it. So yeah, what does a world traveling influencer do when the world stops? I mean, did you plan on coming home when you did? So at the beginning of 2020, I was in Colombia, actually. Um, And I remember seeing it on the news. I was actually with another uh, travel YouTube couple. I was traveling with them and I remember watching this on the news and we were joking to each other, like, imagine this actually prevents us from traveling. And uh, it did pretty quickly. Uh, I actually had an event because another brand I work with, shout out to Joby. I'm using all of their equipment right here. So Joby was hosting an event in Orlando, actually, at the end of February, the last day of February, the first day of March. So I flew to Orlando for that. Uh, And my brother was actually living in Orlando at the time. And I stayed with him after the event. And that is when the world shut down. So I was in Orlando when the world shut down. I actually stayed in Orlando for a couple months. Well, that's good though that you're back home and you know, you didn't get stuck somewhere. So I was in the States when everything shut down. But I I mean, I have friends who were in other countries who some of them were able to get out. You know, they gave them notice. But I have a friend who's still in the Philippines. Like he was in the Philippines at the end of 2019 and he's still, he hasn't left. Holy shit. Can he not, does he not want to leave? Can he not? He decided leave? to not leave because he's, he's been traveling full time for the past four or five years. Okay. Um. So, you know, he was, he's full YouTube. You know, I'm, I'm also not only a hundred percent YouTube. I do, you know, like I said, freelance work and I, I have different strategies involved, but he's like all gung ho YouTube. Uh, he just stayed making YouTube videos in the Philippines. Wow. Wow. So you kind of got lucky, whereas other people were kind of forced I mean, to stay. Yeah, I probably would have come back if I was in another country because they did give most people warning like, hey, borders are closing, get out. 
which also was a mess. I saw so many people who flights were canceled and flights were crazy expensive because of the demand. It was just, it was a mess. But luckily I was already in the States when everything shut down. I mean, did you get any kind of like, um, I don't want to call it cabin fever, but yeah, like as someone who lived without borders for such a long time, like, did you go through any kind of like adjustment period where it was rough for you or? It was actually not bad at all because I was traveling pretty consistently before that. And I like to travel in different waves. Like sometimes I'll travel pretty consistently moving places every few days, but then other times I like to stop because there is a lot of work that goes along with what I do. It's not just play like a lot of people would mistake what I do for vacation because a lot of the videos I post make it seem like I'm doing fun stuff but like that's because those are the that's the video content but there's so much time and effort and energy I put into making these videos that you don't see so yeah there's a lot that goes into it so you've been stateside for a year now we can say yeah wow it's been a year a year have your plans changed what are you doing now like you're obviously not traveling but do you plan on doing it again? Are you kind of laying down your roots? Like, did they grab yes. you again, the corporate America world? So it's funny. I was actually dealing with this like corporate America. Oh my goodness. What am I doing? I'm back in it. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. Cause I'm on different terms now. I actually started my own company. I, I picked up a few clients here in New York who I'm making videos for managing Ooh. social media promotions. Uh, oh my it's, God. Going very, it's going very well. Congrats. Um, it's, it's we stand an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm doing this now. I, if I wanted to travel, I could, cause there are some places I can go. Um, but I, I got the taste of some income. There's some money coming in. So it's nice. You're like stability. You're like, so I, nice. for, I forgot what this was like. Would you say though, Steve, that like you are kind of thankful in the way for the nine to five background that you did have before you started traveling, because obviously no one saw this coming, but you know, I'm sure that helped out a little bit to get you where you are today. Right. For sure. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of uh, experience I had that helped me even just like I was saying with, with that marketing job that I had, although I wasn't happy doing it at the time, I'm very grateful I did that because it gave me so many tools to help me get to where I am today. And also just college in general. Like I'm not doing what I set out to do in college. I'm, I didn't go to film school. I studied marketing and advertising and public relations. I'm not, I'm not really, I'm doing some advertising now, but in a different way. Like if I could have went to film school, I could have studied how to use a camera better, but I didn't, but that's okay. Because all of that led to me getting to where I am today. My other question for you, do you think that traveling is something that's feasible for you long-term? I don't know if I want to do that yet. And I, I guess I'll face that decision when it, when it comes time. Uh, I'm trying to set myself up right now to be able to travel uh, because I want to, not because I have to. And as I was doing this, as I was building a business around travel, I realized that all of this work is coming in because of travel. So I needed to keep traveling in order to keep working. And I, I want to figure out ways whether that be investing in real estate or investing in something to where I can generate income Right. So I, I, I would love to make videos again because I want to, not because I have to. And I think as of right now, I'm making videos as a source of income. And it's actually been great. I've been having some steady income, which I'm trying to save and figure out how to invest this in the, in the best way possible 
to set myself up for a future to where I can, I can prioritize what I want to do. Right. So if I have a family, yeah, maybe we can have a home base, but it'd be great to have 10 homes and just go to different ones. And a lot of people's question is like, how would you raise a family in different places? Like, I'll figure that out. I think Look it up. I think that's not your get... business. Tell them mind that's none your of your business. business. Mind you your business. You can lane. adopt me if you want to I trial will case. raise my family the way I want to raise my family, period. I stand by that that thought of if more people travel, the world would be a happier place. I think I I'm such a more well-rounded individual because of traveling. So if you were to bring a child traveling, it would only do wonders it would be great to expose a young human to other different types of cultures and you'd be so so it's like marinating so much it, you know more advanced than the average person I agree. yes also stand by the idea that travel is a mindset it isn't necessarily moving from place to place right travel is being open-minded it's you can travel in your own town you can go down main street wherever you live and just act as if you've never been there before and just be wowed by it I mean, obviously, it's it's nice to go somewhere different, and we view that as exotic. Um, but it's sometimes it's it's difficult to take a long trip. But you can take short trips. Just just I, like I said, travel is a mindset, and I I believe that is what makes me a better person. That's a great note to end on. Drop the handle. What's the IG handle? What's the influencer, well, the my, content creator? My handle yes. is at Steve Yallow. S-T-E-V-E-Y-A-L-O. Bam. Yellow. Bam. And that's Yellow. Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, Twitter. All of, all of, TikTok? All of, all of the above. Yeah. Gossiping, we also have a TikTok. Yes, so yes, fine. we do. On that note, uh, we're going to wrap up our episode the way we always do, Steve. We invite you to do it with us. Um, we go around the room, say what we're cheersing to, uh, just a little something personal in your life that you want to celebrate and have us celebrate with you. So uh, we'll let you be the inaugural one for tonight. Steve, what are you cheersing to this week? Ooh, I'm cheersing to meeting all of you. I think the way we were brought together was actually at a very pivotal moment in my life. I was kind of going down the professional route and, and being involved with all that. Um, but yeah, meeting you guys. Oh, that's so sweet. Cheers to you. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers to you. Wow. It's so warm. Now so I'm flattered. Thank you, Steve. Cheers Josh, to you too. What are you cheersing to? I am cheersing from all the anxiety that has left my body during the <laughs> podcast. Because Steve, you should definitely be a motivational speaker, a life coach. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh Nat, what are you cheersing to? Um, I'm going to cheers to, you know, connections and networking and doing all of this. I feel like connecting with people face to face and just having conversations like this is not typically normal that much anymore. So Steve, thank you for sharing everything, sharing your story with us and just go out there. If someone's doing something that you think is awesome, message them, hit them up, ask them how they did it because you will learn so much like we all did tonight. So cheers to that. I'm going to cheers to the organization that honestly brought us all together because who would have thunk that years later we would all be sitting here today right like, having a conversation later. and bouncing <laughs> ideas off each other motivating each other so honestly cheers to that cheers organization to I won't say their name <laughs> go UCF go Knights go Knights yes I will be cheersing you know I'm going to keep it light and airy you know I was walking my dog today and I saw the sunset 
for for the first time in a long time (laughs) i saw the sunset listen y'all are traveling for a moment but when's the last time you have stopped to look at the sunset it happens very quickly i thought to myself good things in life are so fast um so cheers to that cheers to me cheers to you cheers to steve i'm gonna be cheersing to all the different cultures that we have in this world I think it's so cool and we get like kind of bogged down in our own like little influx of people and we talk to the same people with the same cultures and the same circles and Steve you brought up a really good point if we just went out there a little bit more and experienced stuff we'd realize that in being so different we're all kind of just the same and we want the same stuff we want to love our families and to be healthy and be happy so I encourage all of our gossipers and all of Stevie's followers and whoever else got a hold of this episode to appreciate other cultures, even if they are vastly different from yours. Um, I want to thank you all so much, especially Steve, for being on with us today. Thank you. Thank thank you, gossipers, for listening to another episode of Gossipin', the podcast where we gossip while we sip. If you love funny content, beautiful photos, and cool videos on your feed, be sure to follow Steve on Instagram and TikTok at Steve Yallow, or check out his page on YouTube, Steve Yallow. And if you love us, please make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gossip and Podcast, and tune in for new episodes or binge old ones on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, anywhere you can get your podcasts. We love you guys. See you next week. Bye. 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 See ya. <laughs>